Hey, good people. It's Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. Thank you all so very much for being here today. We are here for a very important episode. It's episode 104, and we're talking today all about the 10 signs on how you can recognize cheating in your relationship. Now, this episode is going to be emotional for some of you. There are some of you right now who were drawn to this episode because you suspect that your partner, your spouse, might be having an affair, might be committing adultery. And I wanted to do an episode really to help you to know that, number one, you're not crazy. Number two, these are verifiable signs. Now, this does not mean that if your partner is committing two or three of these signs that they are automatically cheating. But I'm going to give you reason number 10 that's going to clear up a lot of things that might be going on in your heart right now. I hope that this episode does not give the cheater, the person who is being unfaithful, an excuse or an out, or somehow now they know how to play the game. But we can't worry about that. I want you all to be aware and I want you to be wise if this is happening in your relationship. Infidelity is not something that you can ignore. It's not something that you can sweep under the rug or that just goes away by itself. So if you have suspicions, then you need to hear this episode. So buckle in tight, And this is going to be maybe a difficult conversation to hear, but it's a conversation that if you want to live your relationship in the light, and if you want things to be uncovered, or if you at least want to be in the know, this is going to be an episode that is going to be very beneficial for you and ultimately your relationship. You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. All right, you guys. Well, I just want to say that if I sound a little congested in this episode, it is because I am still battling COVID. I know it's like the disease that will never end. It's been so crazy, you guys. We've had so much going on in our family. I have been on 18 planes in the last eight weeks. I've been traveling so much And I don't know if it's just being super busy or if it's just COVID going around again or what, but my little immune system is just not having it. And so I think I shared on a couple of episodes ago how we had just gotten back from our anniversary trip in Jamaica and uh, Sean and I went with really good friends of ours. All three of them tested positive for COVID except for me, even though I was the sickest. And so I was completely in bed for an entire week only to resurrect preach at my church, go off to California. We went to L.A. for our family vacay, and then I got COVID in L.A. And so we have just been battling sickness all throughout the family, extended family, friends, everybody. And then on top of that, we were in California, and we got the sad news that my grandmother passed away. And my grandmother was such an amazing, beautiful woman. She lived a life of love. I mean, her funeral was packed and the reflections at her funeral went on for so long that the preacher couldn't even give the eulogy. It was such a blessing to just be loved by her and to to know her and to be her granddaughter. So I'm dealing with COVID. My grandmother died. 
all at the same time. And it's just been a mess of a few weeks. But I'm here because I have a commitment to you every single week to show up on this podcast and to give you the best of what I've got. So I'm going to be taking lots of breaks throughout the taping of this episode because I have a cough that will not relent. And so if you hear my voice kind of getting a little weak, it's probably because I'm about to have a coughing attack. But I'll save you all of that fun joy, and I'll make sure that we do a good job editing this episode. Well, you guys, let's go ahead and get into our conversation today. Funny, episode 102 was actually a record breaker. That episode, episode 102, where if you remember, we talked about the 12 steps to rebuilding trust in your relationship. That is my highest rated episode to date. Y'all nearly double the downloads of any episode I've ever gotten. And this podcast does really well with downloads. And it struck a nerve. There are so many of you who are dealing with trust issues in your relationship. And so if you haven't already listened to episode 102, you're definitely going to want to hear that. That is still getting buzz in my DMs on social media. People just writing in to say, thank you so much for doing that. I can't believe that I had all of these feelings about my relationship or I can't believe that I didn't know step four, step five or whatever it is. So I love when you guys communicate with me in my DMs. It lets me know that I'm on the right track. Lets me know that, again, I'm touching a nerve. So, hey, if you're not already following me on Instagram, be sure that you are following at Mrs. Dana Shea. That's at M-R-S-D-A-N-A-C-H-E. And send me a DM if there's an episode like hopefully today's that will really encourage you. So being that episode 102 got so much traction and people are obviously needing help with rebuilding trust in their relationship, it got me to thinking, we have never actually done an episode about the signs of cheating. How do you know if your relationship is going through an affair? How do you know if your spouse is being unfaithful? How do you know if you're being lied to? What are the signs? What are the red flags that you need to be looking for? So today's episode is dedicated to 10 signs. Now, obviously, this is not an exhaustive list. There are probably dozens and dozens of signs that you might recognize if your spouse or if your partner is cheating. But obviously, for the sake of time, I have to condense into what I believe are kind of the the 10 big ones, okay? And I compiled this list, honestly, you guys, by thinking about my own relationship, by thinking about the years that my own marriage went through infidelity. What were some of the red signs? What were some of the red flags that I missed? What were some of the warning signs that I skipped over? And then I polled Sean and I said, hey, can you tell me what are some of the signs that people need to be looking for when their spouse is cheating? And so we kind of worked on this list together. And I think that you're going to find a lot of these ring very true for you. Now, I want to preface what I'm about to say, these 10 signs, with this. Here's the deal, you guys. You might realize or recognize a couple of these signs in your partner or your spouse. That does not mean that they are guaranteed to be cheating on you. But as I said in the intro, number 10 is really going to kind of wrap this all up in a nice little tidy bow. So be sure to listen all the way to the end, okay? If you suspect that your husband, your wife, your partner, your spouse, whatever you call them, if you suspect that they are having an affair, you need to listen with your ears wide open and your eyes wide open. 
infidelity is not something that you can ignore or that you can simply wish away. It does not work that way. So we have to be willing to face the truth. We have to be willing to deal with the hard topics if your relationship is going to have any chance at survival. And hey, you might get through this list and realize, okay, there is definitely something going on and your relationship might not be able to be salvaged. I'm not sure, but I want you to listen with an open heart, okay? So let's go ahead and get into the signs. Sign number one, and these are in no particular order, okay? I'm just going to kind of throw out these 10 signs to you. So this is not like a progressive list. And again, as I said before, it's also not an exhaustive list. But number one, I think one of the telltale signs of your spouse or your partner cheating is that there is a difference in sexual desires. Now, most of us think, okay, they don't want to have sex with you anymore. And that's true. A lot of times there'll be a lack of sexual desire, not only a lack of sex, because that can happen for many different reasons, right? Raising kids, somebody being sick, uh, you just not being in the mood, all kinds of reasons why we might not be having sex as often. But this is your actual sexual desires. So if your spouse is no longer desiring you, they don't look at you naked. You get out of the shower and they don't pay you any attention. Or you lay up next to them in the bed and it's just nothing. There's no desire there. There's a lack of interest there. Or, interestingly enough, too much sexual desire. They're always wanting to have sex with you. Or, and this is a big one, you guys, they all of a sudden have new tricks, new positions, new things that they're introducing into your marriage. And you're like, what is going on? Like, when did you learn that? Where did you learn that little trick from? You know, what is this new toy or whatever it is that that they're bringing into the relationship? So pay attention to the difference in sexual desires, whether there's a lack of interest or whether there's way too much interest. And you know the difference. This isn't like, okay, this is good. You know, you're finally into me a little bit more. Like this is something that is concerning to you. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like something isn't right here. Pay attention to that. So number one is just a major difference in sexual desires. Ladies, it's time for you to level up your wife game and join me for my next Wife Life Group Coaching Mastermind. Experience the best of both worlds as you glean from the wisdom of me as your main coach, plus a supportive team of women supporting women in marriage. During our weekly group sessions, you'll receive support on issues concerning your marriage and participate in real talk. Somebody say real talk. Real talk discussions on topics like communication, boundaries, sex, mommy issues, self-care, and so much more. Ladies, you are not going to want to miss this. Registration is happening right now at danashay.com forward slash wife life. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash wife life. Wife life is open to all married and engaged women. So be sure to invite your friends. Don't delay, ladies. Register today at danashay.com forward slash wife life. Number two is kind of common sense, right? If your spouse continues to be caught in lies. Now, they might not be getting caught in lies concerning an affair. It could be smaller, quote, I'm doing air quotes over here. You guys can't see me, but it could be, quote, smaller lies, right? 
maybe you ask them where they were and you realize that what they told you wasn't really the truth. Or you um, realize that there was a charge on their credit card statement and they told you it was for one thing and then you realize it was for something else. There's just been this barrage of lies. You you realize that you can't trust their word anymore. There's mistruths happening all over the place. That is a telltale sign that something is not right in the marriage, that something is not right in your relationship. And oftentimes, it is one of the big, bright red flags to someone having an affair. So if your spouse is lying, pay attention to that. Number three, this is another kind of common sense one, but secrecy. If your spouse is being secretive, They've changed the passwords on their phone. You don't have the password to their bank account or to their email address. And these are things that you used to have before. Or maybe they just never wanted you to have those things for whatever reason. They've got an excuse. They've got a reason. But you don't have access to their life. Their social media accounts are been changed. Or they go by only their initials on social media. They're being secretive. If they're constantly on their phone and they're taking their phone with them everywhere they go, to the bathroom, in the shower, they can't be away from their phone for any length of time, that is a red flag. Why are we being so secretive? What's the big secret? So I believe that when you're married, you should have shared access to each other's lives. I don't believe that you should have a password that you're unwilling to give to your spouse. Now, does that mean that you have to have every single password? Some spouses don't care. They're like, I don't really need access to that. I don't really want access to that. If that's you, then great. But if you ask for a password and your spouse is unwilling to give you a password, that's a red flag. Again, I'm not saying that they're completely cheating on you, but I would be cautious and I would be concerned. What's the big secret? So secrecy is a big warning sign that your spouse might be having an affair. Number four, is there money missing? Maybe there's, again, as I said before, unexplained charges on a credit card statement. Or, get this, lots of ATM usage. Why do people go to ATMs? Most of the time, y'all, we have Apple Pay. We've got all of these different apps, Venmo, Cash App, PayPal. We've got all of these electronic devices. And I understand that some people, some people still like to use cash every now and again. But if there's all of these ATM withdrawals for larger amounts, hundreds of dollars, that should be concerning. Why do people want to use the ATM all the time? Well, because there's no paper trail. So if I'm going to the Marriott and spending two or three nights there, well, I can't flash my credit card because that's going to show up on a credit card statement, right? But if I use cash and maybe I just put a credit card on hold, then, of course, when you check out of the hotel, that hold goes away, but you can still pay in cash. So be very, very cautious about a lot of ATM withdrawals and money missing. Pay attention, especially women. Sometimes, y'all, we we don't think about the finances enough. You need to know what's going on in the financial department of your marriage. Be aware and be wise and pay attention if there's money that is missing or money that is unaccounted for. All right, number five, and we're flying through these 
because I don't really need to say a whole, whole lot. I mean, some of these things are, again, just kind of self-explanatory and more common sense things. But I want to give some context to it so that, again, especially if you are seeing many of these signs, it's probably telling you a story, even if it's a story that you don't want to acknowledge. Number five is if there is a lack of friendship or a loss of connection or a loss of interest in your marriage. I remember when Sean and I were going through the thick of our infidelity and, you know, I was trying to get to the bottom of like, what is going on? What is the root cause? I talk about root causes all the time. What is the root cause of you having affairs? And one of the things that he said was, we're just not friends anymore. And I'm like, yeah, it's really hard to be friends with somebody who's cheating on you. I'm sorry. But what he was trying to say was that there was no connection anymore. And when you lose your connection with your spouse, you're in dangerous territory. Why? Because we are all emotional beings. Even men who don't feel like they're emotional, they're emotional. If you're not getting the love and the connection from your spouse, you are going to seek that out somewhere else. Some people seek it out in work. Some people seek it out in sports, working out excessively. Some people seek it out in platonic friendships. And then other people seek it out in other romantic relationships. So when you notice, and this is why I talk so much on this podcast about keeping your connection solid, because prevention is the best medicine. If we can prevent a spouse from feeling disconnected, if I can prevent your marriage from having a lack of friendship, then that's better than then trying to restore a marriage after you've already gone through an affair. It can happen. But again, pay attention to the signs of we're just disconnecting. You're arguing constantly. Well, that's going to break your connection. So some things are just not worth the fight. We've probably all heard our parents or somebody tell you at some point in your life, you have to be willing to choose your battles. If you're constantly bickering and constantly arguing, just understand that you're putting your marriage in a very vulnerable state. You want to protect your connection at all costs because when you lose that connection, when you lose that friendship, all bets are off at that point. And again, you both are vulnerable to outside influence, outsiders coming in and making up for that connection. All right, number six, and this is interesting. A lot of people don't really think about this one, but if your spouse has become jealous of you, they're always asking you things like, well, where are you going? Why do you look so good? Are you going out to meet somebody? Oh, you must be going out to meet somebody. Accusatory of your actions. If they're constantly accusing you of having an affair and you know good and well that you aren't, could it be that they're actually the one that's doing that? Could it be that they're trying to deflect the attention off of them and putting it on you? Because if you stay on the defense, well, then they're off the hook. Or could it be that their guilty conscience is weighing on them so much and they're seeing their own mess in front of them? And so that's what that deflection is. They're trying to put that on you when you're not doing anything wrong. So if you have a spouse that's constantly asking you about your motives, where are you going? Who are you with? Let me see your phone. They're constantly going through your phone. 
Well, well, that might be a sign that something's not all right on their end. Number seven, they're too much into themselves. (laughs) They care too much about what they look like. They're always looking in the mirror. They got a new hairstyle. They have suddenly lost weight or they're suddenly always wanting to go to the gym. Without you, mind you, they're wearing a new cologne or a new perfume. They've got a whole new wardrobe. They're different and they're constantly concerned about how they look. That's a telltale sign. A few years ago, there was someone that Sean and I knew who she cut her hair and she started losing weight. And I'm like, oh, she's cute. Like, she looks great. And Sean's like, Mm-mm, she got another man somewhere. And I was like, no, she doesn't. You know, she was an older lady. She wasn't like, you know, in her 30s or 40s. She was an older lady. And I was like, she does not have another man. And Sean's like, I'm telling you, Dana, I'm telling you, just watch, just watch. Y'all, would you not know that this woman up and left her family for another man a few weeks after Sean made that comment? That's what I'm talking about. Now, does this mean that if your spouse just got a haircut, they're cheating on you? No, that is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that it's this preoccupation of how they look. They're so into themselves. They're so into their image. That can be a red flag. So just be on the lookout for that one. All right, number eight, staying out too late and work trips. Again, I'm doing my air quotes over here. This is kind of a common sense thing, right? If your spouse is coming in at two and three o'clock in the morning, you've got problems. I'm sorry. No married person needs to be hanging out that late for no reason, unless you guys are together and y'all just like to hang out late like that. But if your spouse is hanging out excessively late, and maybe for you excessively late is 11 or 12 o'clock, or maybe 10 o'clock, or they're taking long lunch breaks at work, two to three hour breaks, and you find that out through a coworker or their boss or whoever, pay attention to that. They're going on work trips. They got to be away every weekend or every other weekend for a work trip. Listen, don't think that it's beneath you to call a boss and start asking some questions if need be. If you are if you can't get to the bottom of it with your spouse, your spouse is always, in my opinion, the first person that you should go to. You don't ever want to go snooping around behind their back before you even give them the benefit of the doubt. But if you've gone to your spouse and you've asked, hey, why are you taking so many work trips? What is going on? and they explain it in such a way that you're still not comfortable, well, then you might need to go up a level and talk to a boss and say, hey, you know, why do you have my husband or why do you have my wife traveling so much? You might be surprised that these work trips are not actually work trips after all. All right, number nine, getting angry when you confront them. As I just said, your first line of defense when you start to feel, okay, there's there's something not right in this relationship. I'm feeling that my spouse or my partner might be being unfaithful. You go and you confront the spouse or the partner. If they blow up and get angry, that is not a normal response. Now, it is okay for them to feel hurt that you don't trust them or maybe that you are questioning their loyalty, that's an okay response. But for somebody to blow up and get angry and start yelling and cussing and acting a fool, that is not a normal response to someone who is not having an affair. Think about yourself. If you're the faithful partner and your spouse or your partner comes to you and they say, hey, you know what, we've been a little distant lately. Is everything okay? I mean, are you having an affair? 
what will be your response? You probably aren't going to go ballistic. So if they get angry or if they start to overcompensate, like how many parents do I have listening? When you ask your child a question and they lie and then they start giving you all this extra information that you didn't ask for, by the way, that's always a sign of someone lying when they're giving you way too much information. So if this happens to you, you got to be willing to deal with reality. Something's not right. And that brings me to number 10, which I think is probably one of the most telltale signs that we always overlook. You guys, we don't give ourselves or our conscious or our gut or our intuition enough credit. Number 10 is your gut is telling you something is wrong. Listen, my friends, unless you are dealing with insecurities, major insecurities, and you're just mistrustful of everybody, you can trust your gut. When something is wrong, there's a way that you're going to know. You know, I've gone back and forth in my own marriage and times that I knew something was wrong, but I ignored it. It's like a little flag went off in my mind and I just kind of put the flag down. You know, it was like a a beeping noise and I just kind of turned the beeping volume down. I didn't want to face the real fact of what was happening. If this is you, trust your gut. Is your gut going to lead you right 100% of the time? No, because we are all faltered human beings and there are certain times that you might think something's going on and you might be wrong. So take the L, apologize. And then explain to your partner why you felt that way. If you have a gut feeling that something's not right, and then four or five of these other signs are also present, you are probably not wrong, my friend. So what do you do? You're like, I know it. I just have this feeling. I can't shake it. I can't let it go. I think about this all the time. Don't torture yourself by needing another list. I'm telling you that these 10 signs, if there's many of these signs on the list, then you can probably go ahead and go to step two. Step two is confronting your partner. It's having an honest conversation. It's letting them know, don't beat around the bush. Don't, you know, laugh it off. Don't belittle it. Ask them straight out. Hey, you know, I know that we've been having some issues in our relationship. Or, hey, I know our relationship is actually going really well right now, but I can't shake this feeling that I've been having. One, you've been really secretive lately. You you take your phone everywhere that you go. Two, you know what? I've been noticing lots and lots of ATM cash withdrawals. I mean, you're taking two, $300 out of the account, and I never see anything come into the house for that amount of money. Three, you know what? I just, I don't understand why you're going on all these work trips all the time. And listen, I just need to know, are you having an affair? Is there somebody else in the picture? Are you being unfaithful to me? That's how you ask. You're asking. You're not accusing, okay? So we're not going in saying, you know what? I listened to this podcast and there was 10 different signs and you have seven and you're cheating. When did you start cheating? That's not how you want to confront, but you do want to be able to confront honestly, openly, and succinctly. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Ask them straight out. Are you being unfaithful? 
I don't like the word cheating, and I know I've used it a lot in this episode, and every time it came out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, I just hate it. I don't want to use that word because it's so much deeper than just cheating. But when you ask the question, don't play around with it. Don't say things like, you know, are you having an indiscretion? You know, is is there somebody else that, you know, has gotten your attention? Like, what do you really want to ask? You really want to ask if your spouse or partner is being unfaithful to you. So just ask that question. Now, if they deny it, then they need to be able to provide reasons for their behavior. You know what? I, I have been secretive. I've been taking my phone with me a lot because I'm planning a surprise birthday party for you. I don't know. There has to be a reason, though. It can't just be, no, you're crazy or no, you're overreacting. That's not enough. Because if they truly love you, first of all, they're going to be concerned that you've noticed all these signs. If they're aloof, if they're apathetic, if they're like, no, you're tripping. You don't, I don't know why you think that. That's a sign. Now, if they acknowledge it, what happens, Dana, if they say yes, what do I do? Well, friend, you've got some options. One, you need to decide, is this relationship worth repairing? I personally believe that if you are in a dating situation and this person is being unfaithful to you, you need to get out of that relationship. I think when you're married, it's a little bit deeper. It doesn't mean that you have to stay in a marriage with an unfaithful partner, but you did make a covenant and a commitment for better or for worse. Now, what I'm not saying, again, is that you can't get divorced because of adultery. You can. You don't have to, but you do have that option. But I think what you need to do at that point is to assess if your partner is repentant. Are they willing to stop the relationship? If they're not willing to stop the relationship, well, then your relationship's not viable anymore. You can't be in a relationship with someone who's being unfaithful to you. If they're willing to repent, if they're willing to stop, if they're willing to work on your relationship, then your relationship may have a chance of being reconciled. But only you can make that decision. And you don't have to make it that day. You don't have to find out that your partner was unfaithful on a Saturday and then by Sunday know what you're going to do. It might take you some time to come up with the best decision for you. But don't ignore it. Confront it. I actually wrote an article on my blog on realrelationshiptalk.com before Real Relationship Talk turned into a podcast. It used to be a blog. And so there's a blog on my website realrelationshiptalk.com. It's called When to Divorce. I would highly recommend that you read that article if you're contemplating divorce. Deal with it. Don't ignore it. Confront it. And then finally, be open to coaching. Be open to someone walking this journey with you, especially if your partner acknowledges, admits that, yes, I'm having an affair. If they want to work things out with you, you guys, it is difficult to go through this alone. I'm not saying that it's impossible, but it is difficult. I look at our community of people who walked me and Sean through our journey. We could not have gone through this alone. And so I help people deal with infidelity all the time. Some marriages are restored and some marriages are not. But you won't know that if you don't reach out. So all over my website, I talk about coaching so much because I know the value of it. 
I know what it did for me in my marriage. I know what it's done for countless other marriages. You don't know what you don't know. And when you're in it so thick, it's hard for you to see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's hard for you to know what steps to take. It's hard for you to know if you're really seeing progress or not. You can go to realrelationshiptalk.com and look at the coaching tab or danashay.com forward slash coaching. Reach out if you need help. I'm here to help. But not only am I here to help, but finally I will say this. And this is to my couples, whether you're Christian or whether you're not. I truly believe that God is in the restoration business. You can get through this. You really can. But you need to go through it with your eyes wide open. You need to go through an understanding that the terrain ahead is rocky and messy. This is not an easy thing to go through. So I'm going to recap those 10 signs for you real quick. And again, of course, these are always on the show notes of the podcast, you guys. Just a teacher in me that always wants a review. Realrelationshiptalk.com. You can go to forward slash episode 104, or you can just go to realrelationshiptalk.com, click on the podcast tab, and there you will see the show notes for this episode. Again, these are in no specific order. Number one, difference in sexual desires. Number two, they're being caught in lies. Number three, secrecy. Number four, there's money missing or excessive use of ATMs. Number five, a lack of friendship or connection in your relationship. Number six, they are jealous or accusatory of you and your actions. Number seven, they are too much into their looks and into their image. Number eight, staying out late, excessive work trips. Number nine, they get angry when you confront them. And number 10, your gut tells you something is wrong. So you all... This is not a happy, you know, flowery type of episode, but it's one of those conversations that we need to have. And listen, maybe your relationship is solid and you're listening for a friend and you're like, oh my gosh, their spouse, their boyfriend, their girlfriend has like eight of these. It is hard to try to convince somebody else that their partner is being unfaithful. So if you are the friend, if you are the parent, if you are the sister, the brother, somebody who loves someone and you know that their spouse or their partner is being unfaithful, the best thing you can do is pray that God will open their eyes to see and then you be that loving, supportive friend. No, I told you so's, but being loving, being supportive, they're going to need you. They're going to need a lot of encouragement and support. So be that friend to them. Well, guys, it's been my absolute pleasure and honor sharing with you today on this episode I would try to have a happier episode. I know it's been like all depressing. Like I've got COVID. I'm dealing with all these things and sorry, but hey, this is real life. So I appreciate you guys for being here today. Again, you can find all of this info on the show notes of the podcast, realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 104. And I will see you on next week's episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode.
In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.